welcome to another episode of the netmegasys podcast in this episode we will be discussing one of the big news stories or the transfer stories of the past week which is carlo ancelotti moving to real madrid from everton and we'll be discussing mainly on everton in this pod and i am rithvik the host as usual and i am joined by my co-host chris who is an everton season ticket holder and who is the right guest for this episode as well mm-hmm. so chris straight into it let's 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 get straight into it and my first question to you what was your first reaction when you heard the news because i really really found it surprising that carlo actually went back to real madrid at this point uh, yeah but it all sort of happened so quick didn't it i mean there was sort of there was sort of memes a little rumors getting banded about but yeah journalism is what it is these days you never quite know what to believe so it all happened so quick but I've, i suppose my initial thoughts were i was surprised like you said but not disappointed if i'm being totally honest uh, i was more surprised at the fact that real madrid wanted them back um, although it does make sense uh, when you think about when you think about real madrid and what's going on with that club at the moment and what's going on with florentino perez and the crazy house that he's sort of controlling over there it it does make Carlo Ancelotti does seem like a logical appointment for them but from an Everton point of view and me personally I wasn't too disappointed um, and that, that might come as a bit of a shock but I'll miss the profile of Carlo Ancelotti I will miss the, sorry I will miss the profile of Carlo Ancelotti being in charge and being the manager of Everton more than the actual manager having a manager that pedigree and prestige is a fantastic is fantastic with, with a club with a status such as ours at the moment but ultimately football ma- football identities and f- football ma- and football matches are won on on the pitch and from what I saw in the second half of the season was just a manager that didn't know what his best 11 was didn't know what his best formation was only seemed to have one plan when it came to trying to attempt to win a game and the more and more I watched us play the more and more I felt that maybe modern day football the past pass this manager by hmm and i mean coming on to the next real question here i mean this probably is the best time for the announcement to happen right after the season so you have a whole summer to probably choose uh, a replacement and you know plan accordingly but yeah but cuz losing a name like carlo ancelotti you said you are going to lose the name rather than the actual manager so yeah. i mean it wasn't a very fun ride to be honest with carlo ancelotti for sure you you might agree with me on on this point you finished 10th behind the newly promoted leeds united who did really really well under marcelo bielsa this season yeah. but what do you think are the pros and cons of carlo ancelotti leaving I mean always you you always have two sides to the coin and I think this particular move might also have so what in your opinion are probably the downsides and also probably the upsides to this this moment yeah i mean you can come at this from a, a few angles right and like you said that the, there is pros and cons now i think anyone that listens to this might be a little bit surprised by what i what i said just now about ancelotti and maybe his style of management being a little bit dated um and people might say look at his past achievements and uh, and maybe look at the the squad that Everton have got and say well that's extremely harsh but 
I just think his reputation as a manager masks his ability. I really do. And you've just hinted on it yourself there. We finished 10th of Carlo Ancelotti. Now let's take the profile of the manager away for a second and look at the facts. And we finished 10th. Now that was lower than Ronald Koeman did. That was lower than Marco Silva did with his one and with his full season in charge. And that was lower than Sam Allardyce did. But for some reason, the things that I'm reading in the in the media at the back end of the season was that it was all sort of down to the club and the, the lack of quality or the, the lack of depth within the playing squad, which I agree with to a certain extent. But still, so-called lesser managers have achieved more with lesser squads and lesser players, in my ability. So, in, in my opinion, sorry. So, to, for me, that 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 is what I was what what I was getting at there. Probably explained it a little bit more in depth when I when I said when I was talking about him being a little. Not, I don't want to say past it because the circumstances of the club will dictate how successful you can be and how long it will take you to achieve to attain and achieve that success. To answer your question, whether it's a positive or the pros and the cons, or whether it's a negative, like I said, like you said again, there's two sides. There's two sides to every coin. Now, for me personally, it can only be a positive that he has gone because, like you said, the timing is good. The timing. It's always better to lose a manager at the beginning or at the end of the, or when the season's just finished, as opposed to say halfway through a season or. Uh, within the first five games of the season, uh, because it gives Everton time to sit back, look at uh, look at the situation, and make a decision accordingly. Again, that's all hypothetical. We'll see what happens with that. Um, and the fact that, as well, he's not been here long enough to consider it a loss, in my opinion. He's only been here eighteen months, so. And from what I've seen in those eighteen months, there was no sort of long term plan. And now I'm, I'm speaking strictly now about the football side of things, the 11 players on the pitch and what they were sent out to do and how they were achieving what they sent out to do. There never seemed to be like a long-term plan in place. Uh, it always looked like we were just going from game to game, week to week. We looked poorly coached, especially, especially the second half of the season now. I think when you look back at Everton's season this year, it's certainly a season of two halves. We were very good in the first, first half of the season. I think if you looked at our league position after Boxing Day and coming into the new year, I think we were very happy. I think you could easily look back at it and say from an overall perspective that progression was being made. Um, And I think it was. I I would have to agree with that. But when a season finishes, you you tend to look back at the season and think of what happened in the second half of the season as to what's going to happen next season, don't you? And I think think there there was definitely reason to be worried there. And it just seemed like we were being, we were poorly coached. I thought, and I think ultimately when you look back at his reign at the 18 months from when he took over to when he's left last week, have we really made any progress as a club? I'm not so sure. I think there were signs there, progression, but I think given what happened and the way it happened the last couple of weeks of the season, or certainly the last half, because I know the warning signs were there January, February, I know we had a little bit of a pick-up and we got some one or two good results but overall, the second half of the season, for me, represents represent what is happening now. And I don't really see how you can consider it to be a loss from a football perspective. Mm, and, I mean, you, you spoke about all those 
pros and cons uh, in your opinion Chris but one major downside to Ancelotti leaving uh, in my opinion is that with the name that he has he brings in or he attracts certain quality players i mean i don't yeah. think hames joins everton if not for ancelotti i don't think alan no. joins everton if not for ancelotti so you have that particular aspect as a downside although i don't think that's going to be too big of a miss but in terms of uh, the positives i definitely agree with you there when you said it's probably a bit outdated not probably as yeah. bad as jose mourinho's tottenham was but probably somewhere very similar in my opinion so yeah. I, i i kind of felt i mean kind of felt watching everton in in a lot of games that i mean you completely looked i don't know probably like a very early 2010s team or or, or you no know, kind of that era kind of from that era in a, in a lot of games not really yeah. good in possession uh, definitely you're not a really a good pressing team either uh, we have the numbers for that but we'll come to discussing that later but i think these particular factors are probably positive for you to take and i think i really really think that bringing in a young manager and probably he doesn't have to be young but bringing in the right manager now is the biggest challenge or the biggest price that you can hit at everton and ancelotti leaving at this stage is probably in my opinion the best thing for everton as a football club and this actually brings me to the third uh, topic today this or third yep. sub topic which is what next for everton and who do you think is probably going to be the ideal candidate oh it's a good question it's a question that's been obviously going around in my head for the last couple of days and to be honest i don't think i've probably got more names on a list of who I don't want to take the job as opposed to who I want to take the job I just want the right fit it's all right looking around now with foot, uh, football and saying I want that person football fans and journalists t- tend to sort of just want the most high profile name but as we've just as we've just alluded to there and as we've just discussed the most profile the, the manager with the highest profile doesn't necessarily equal the manager who is the best fit for that particular club at that particular time and for me i just want i just want everton now to to pick uh, how do i wear this the right way it needs to be the right fit for the club now they need to they need to help they've been presented with a really good opportunity here to go and create an identity uh, they've been presented with a really good opportunity not to reset but to sort of put a structure in place on what they want to achieve not only in the short term but the long term because I always got the feeling Carlo Ancelotti everything was about the short term it always felt like he was a bit I mean I can only go off off the rumors that I've heard about who we were trying to achieve in the transfer market this summer and who we were trying to achieve in January everything was about getting players in right now who might have been able to give us something that we didn't have and and, and I'll go into a bit more detail on that refer I I mean I believe that Ancelotti wanted Sami Khedira to join Everton in January. Now again when when you want to push all the data to one side you want to push reputation to one side he's probably better than what we had in terms of quality or he's probably achieved more 
as a player than what any of our players have achieved. Uh, and I believe that the deal only fell through because of the financial aspect of the deal. But is he a player that really can take Everton to the next level? Is he a player that can come in, improve, improve the team and then take us and allow us to build that team around them or allow us to put the, the components next to him to, to push us on for another year or two years or three years? I would say absolutely, absolutely not. I don't know about yourself. Um, again, I heard rumours that we, we'd approach Real Madrid to talk to possibly take on Gareth Bale on loan last, next season, like Tottenham did this season. Now, for me, that's just very short-sighted. It really is short-sighted, and I don't, I don't believe a club with a state with a status as ours. Which, let's be honest, the league table doesn't lie. We finished tenth, so we're a mid-table Premier League club. Can we afford to be going going out and getting the Iscos, who again we were linked with, the Gareth Bales, the Sammy Cadiz, or basically anyone that Carlo Ancelotti is used to working with that is past their peak and probably won't get any better than what they can offer or won't be able to offer us anything in the future than, than what they can offer us right now? I don't believe we can. Don't get me wrong, it might it might make it might raise the profile of the club, but for me that's very short sighted and it's very it comes with a very sort of I want success now or I want the profile of a club to be raised now to keep it to go hand in hand with my own profile and I think that is what where the Carlo Ancelotti aspect and the Everton aspect didn't really go hand in hand so Everton's next manager has to be someone like you said there it doesn't necessarily have to be a young manager because young managers don't necessarily meet, don't are not necessarily more hungry than an older manager, but it has to be a manager who knows exactly what he wants and he knows exactly how he wants to go about it. He knows how to get that. He, he can't just come into the club and decide, right, this is what we're going to do now for the next couple of months. This is what we're going to do after that. This is what, he's got to come in with a long-term plan, but he's, he's got to have a bit, he's got to have, he's got to have Goals in the meantime has the how to get there. So, I mean, Everton are going to improve in one transfer window. I mean, we've spoke previously in other podcasts. We both believe that we had a very good transfer window last year. We've got to now build on that again. So, again, if I had to pick one name, one specific name, who I, who I would love to see take control of the club, that would be Ralph Ranić. I know he's been on record as saying he wants to be a head coach again, as opposed to a director of football. Uh, now, he's not young, but he would certainly have a point to prove. He certainly, he, he'd come with a project in mind. He'd come with an idea in mind, given, and um, I, I don't think that's debatable, given what, what what we've seen happen at Leipzig and Salzburg and the clubs that he's oversaw in the Red Bull, uh, with the Red Bull philosophy over the last five to six years. And... I don't know if Everton will appoint him or any kind of Premier League club will appoint him, given the control that he would want in a football club. Mm, that's that's actually, again, a fair point. I'm not really sure if Ralf Rangnick will be looked at by Everton in any sort. But I've been hearing rumours about Nuno Espirito Santo taking over since he's left Wolves. But yeah. another couple of names that I probably might look at is... Um, Graham Potter, who I think, who, who I seem to rate quite highly. Uh, I think he is one of the main reasons why Brighton are 
playing the way they are. I, I, I definitely think they're like very unlucky in terms of finishing. If their shooting was probably a bit more better, I think they'll be they would have been like further up the table. He is tactically uh, solid as well, Potter. So that would be a really good appointment. Who and he could probably work really well with Marcel Brands and form a really really nice structure way of handling things at the club. And you probably can afford to give him a long term project. And I think that might be a really good fit. Although I'm not really sure if that will happen. I've also heard shouts for Chris Wilder, but I'm not really sure if that is the greatest appointment that you can make. Yeah. But yeah, these are probably the two names I've been hearing a lot along with Nuno. But personally, I would I would probably go for Graham Potter if I were ever to. Uh, I, w- I would try to get him. I know the yeah. players might also probably have a look at him, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, again, Graham Potter... I'm, I still think he needs more time, Green Potter and Brighton. I would like him to see. I, I would like. To, I'd like to see him stay at Brighton. If I'm honest, don't get me wrong. I agree with everything what he's saying about him. I've seen some of the numbers that reflect Brighton's season from a uh, from a statistical point of view, and you can and you and I think the best way to describe them as a team is that they're, they're well coached and they're certainly on the right track. But ultimately, they finished 16th as well. Okay, now. I know the league position doesn't always tell a full story, but they remind me a little bit of Roberto Martinez's Wigan team when I watch them play. They look well coached. They look attractive to watch. They see he has a philosophy of what he wants to achieve, but they're always going to be there and thereabouts. And I think I think he needs to stay there a little bit more long, a little a little bit longer. Not necessarily to the the same amount of time that Martinez stayed at Wigan or for example Eddie Howe staying at Bournemouth to the point that he, he actually takes he actually regresses them as a team but I still think I'm still not sold on him as a manager at this stage I'd like to see what he does with I'd like to see this team or this specific set of players continue performing uh, to the numbers that they have shown this year Um to show that it's not just a lack of quality from his coaching perspective. I still think he needs to show a little that Brighton can finish a lot higher than 16th or at least compete in the top half of the league. And I know people can always throw the, well, he hasn't got that quality. Well, part of management is manoeuvring in the transfer market as well. And part of management is also trying to get that little bit more out of a set of players or maybe switching a system around at specific times. Uh, to get those extra 5, 10, 15 points a season. And I still think it would be better for him as well uh, to, st- to stay another year. In relation to uh, Nuno, uh, Nuno Santo, I don't think it would be a bad choice at all to see him take control of the club. I- I'd be more than happy to see him come and take control of Evan. I-, I-, I would be happy with that. Definitely compared to some of the other names like the Claudio Ranieri's and the another one that I've seen, seen Perlon that he mentioned I've seen Frank Lampard that he mentioned names like that I think I think he would be more than capable of doing a very good job at Everton and would represent everything that I personally would like to see an Everton manager show I would like to see uh, tactically flexible but also have the, the same principles and core ideas in place for no matter what system he has or he goes with uh, 
And plus as well, I've seen a lot on social media uh, with a little bit of negative, uh, a little bit of negativity regarding Wolves' season. Now, I think I think that's a little bit a little bit harsh on him. I think if you look at the circumstances of how and why Wolves' season went the way it did, um, they lost Diego Jota, as you know, it went to Liverpool. Fantastic footballer, certainly, certainly up and coming. Anyway, it can only get better. They lost Raúl Jiménez, I think, in November. And if you look at the league position and the way that they were playing before they lost them, I think it's fair to say that 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 injury certainly had a major impact on their season and certainly the way they played as a football team as well. I think they went to the the quarterfinals of the Europa League the season before, and obviously because of the pandemic. They they went deep. They, they, I think their season finished in the second week of August or the first week of August when the Premier League season started in the first week of September. So they didn't really get much rest there. And the fact that they did play a lot of games the season before because they went far in the Europa League, that would have had some kind of bearing, um, especially given the way the fixture list was set out this season. And the fact that they finished 13th in the league and people are criticised, I think it was 13th, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if that off the top of my head. But the fact that they're finishing 13th in the league shows what a high standard he's actually set. Because Wolves haven't been in the Premier League that long now. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would be happy to see you know Santo take over. Or I certainly wouldn't be disappointed to see him take over Compare if you compare him to some of the managerial names have been mentioned, that have been mentioned. And also, Riffwick, as well, just before we go on to the last point, I think people are underestimating, going back to the initial question that you asked before about whether this is a positive thing or a, ne- a negative thing for Everton. I think people are underestimating the financial aspect of Ancelotti leaving Everton as well because I think I think from a financial perspective, it can only be considered positive because we took him on in December before the pandemic. This was pre-COVID. We took him on on an 11 million, 11 million a year deal, which is an astronomical, absolutely astronomical amount of money for for a club like us. And don't get me wrong, I know we're traditionally known to play our, pay our managers big wages anyway. We took him on on that on a four and a half year deal. Okay, so we still have three years at this state this time last week. He still only he still has three years three years left on that deal. And given the the compensation packages that they've had to play pay to Roberto Martinez, Ronald Koeman, Marco Silva, Sam Allardyce, I actually think from a financial perspective, Carlo Ancelotti was unsackable at Everton. I really do. It didn't matter how bad things got on the football pitch. I actually think Everton would have actually struggled to sack him if things did continue in the way that they did the second half of last season, which really backed us into a corner financially, I thought. So... I didn't really see Everton put on too much of putting up too much of a fight about him leaving. I know I know it's hard to put up a fight against Real Madrid because Real Madrid is Real Madrid. At the end of the day, you don't blame any manager going to that club. No matter what's going on at the minute, there's still one if the one of or if the maybe the biggest club in world football, um, and any manager would want to would certainly be interested in managing them. But I think financially, it really, really could help Everton going forward. Hmm, interesting, interesting to hear that. So we'll move on to the last point, though. I think we've probably dragged a bit, but we'll move on to the last point quickly. 
and that's about everton's possible summer dealings and i think one area which you need to address is definitely the attacking department i know dominic calvert-lewin scored 16 goals this season that's the highest yeah. goals assist any everton player has from 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 the squad Yeah. But if you look at the goals plus assists, the non-penalty goals and assists per 90, James Rodriguez still stands out on top, and I think he's going to probably leave in the summer. Gilpie yeah. Sigurdsson also is somewhere, you know, roaming around at the top, which is which might seem good, but I don't think it's 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 really a great sign because I don't think he should be starting as much. No. Richarlison hasn't really lived up to the expectation. Before the season started, I remember Ancelotti saying that Richarlison might probably hit the 30 goal mark, which, which I think he is far, far away from. So this is an area which you need to improve because the expected goal difference puts you 11th in the league table, and if you yeah. look at the expected goals as well as the expected goals against. As both, if you look at both these metrics as well, if you are somewhere 11th or 10th and somewhere in that particular area so this basically doesn't uh, doesn't put you in a really good light so that is one area where you need to massively improve in my opinion so what do you think are everton's plans for the summer chris um to be honest i don't know um we can't it's too early to say until we until we know what manager takes over and what type and obviously once that manager takes over we'll be able to associate what kind of plans He is likely to have. I mean, in the areas that I want to see us improve, I need. I'm not going to go into positions because, again, I I still feel Everton's team is average. I think there's a lack of quality, lack of depth there across all the areas of the pitch, and I think, I think, I think there's a fair. Re- you could you could go through every position on that football pitch and say, oh well, yeah, you could improve on that. For me, I think. They need whoever they buy. They need to have an injection of pace in a team. I think they need to have some solidarity in the centre of the field as well as as well as an attacking threat coming from the centre of the field as well. Uh, I'm still, I still feel that there needs to be some kind of replacement or alternative option to Seamus Coleman at right back, and then as well. You could look at the goalkeeper and the centre halves and say, well, maybe there's a little bit of improvement there, but I don't think they will be prioritised. I think it comes down to what's the priority, Rithwick, and I don't, I really don't, I really don't know what you can consider a priority at the moment until the new manager comes in. If Carlo Ancelotti were to stay in charge, again, this is another reason. This is one of the the other frustration, the frustrating point from his time as manager is that I don't. You can't say, "Oh, we need to improve that area or that area," until you know what kind of formation was his plan A. And he never really seemed to have a set formation. He changed system quite a lot. He changed the principles of play quite a lot as well. We see, so you never knew what we were going to. We you never knew what you were going to get from one week to the next with Evan. And I think that was from a fan point of view, and for me specifically, who likes to, who is the reverse as a football fan, likes to know. What to expect, or what what the trying what a team is trying to achieve, it, that was really difficult. So your question is a really good question because, as well as it being a question, it sort of it sort of underlines some of the issues that Everton have got at the moment. 
you can't really identify what area to improve because you don't know what we're planning on what the plan is yeah i mean like you said i think it's probably too early in the transfer market right now and yeah, yeah you probably might need to wait till the end of the euros to get at least a decent picture although some some clubs are trying to do early business we've seen uh, aston villa buy emi buendia leicester are probably on the end of getting somare and also edard so i think some clubs are probably looking to do some business quite early and get the players well ready for pre-season but yeah, yeah. obviously you still have lot, 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 loads of time because the window hasn't even opened yet yeah so yeah that's fair that's fair chris and this probably brings us to the end of this episode but just before going out chris i know i know this is really still really early but yeah. just a prediction just a prediction on who you might land as the manager and where you probably might end finishing next season okay. just 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 a, just a random prediction okay i i would okay then if given the the economic climate of football at the moment i wouldn't be surprised that the manager that we get isn't from another it will be a free agent it won't be from another team so I can't see us going down the David Moyes or Graham Potter route just because of the financial aspect involved of trying to get them from a club. So if I had to make a prediction, I would be going down the route of uh, Santo, maybe Fonseca, so, someone of that. So, someone of that. I can't see it being a Chris Wilder. I can't see. I can't see them risking that at the moment. And I'm not knocking Chris Wilder as a manager. I think he had a very good first season with Sheffield. Uh, first season in the Premiership as is Sheffield United manager. I think last season was they were they they were really hindered uh, given given the way that they were one of the they were one of the teams that were sort of really affected by the the fixture list. In terms of the way we're going to finish next season, Rick, I, I would expect us to finish the same at the moment. Uh, I would uh, again Everton are a team at the moment with a squad of players that, as proven this season. W- we are capable of competing for fifth, sixth, seventh place, but given one or two moments here or there, we could equally finish 12, 13, 14th. I think we're in that bracket of teams. So I think we finish where we deserve to finish this season. If we had to play the season again with the same squad of players, I would expect us to finish 9th, 10th, 11th. Mm, interesting. But at least you won. But but at least you won the Merseyside Trophy this season. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't difficult, was it? <laughs> so, hopefully we yeah. get. Hopefully we get. An, uh, hopefully we get a bit of a challenge at Anfield next season. I've never seen a one-sided derby at Anfield so much in my life. <laughs> I mean, even when even Fulham comes and defeats you, you know, you know, it's not. It's it's not a big problem for Everton. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of this episode. Once again, Chris, thank you so much for giving us your insight on Everton, the club that you love, yeah. the club I, that I, you've been supporting. Yeah, I had to rein it in a bit, mate. I, I nearly went off on a, a, a passionate tangent at one point and just started <laughs> going into all sorts. But I did have to rein it in a bit. But yeah. I think if I, had to, if I had to end the show with one kind of summarization or sort of general generalization of what we've discussed i think it's very important 
I think it's very important to watch Everton on why they appoint the next manager and the process they follow to appoint him. I think that will be very, very important on how successful they can be at the club on why they appoint him and how they appoint him and the process they follow. Yeah, sounds fair. So, yeah, yeah, this is the end of this episode, episode 86. Thank you so much once again to all our listeners for tuning in. And from the next episode onwards, you will be hearing Euro previews, reviews, probably Copa America as well, if the tournament gets held. There are controversies regarding the tournament, so we are not pretty sure if the tournament will go on. So, we'll definitely be hearing a lot of Euro-related thoughts coming up. So, until the next one, thank you once again and bye-bye.